Hello and welcome to another episode of Unsportsmanlike Commentary. This is DC here, and I'm joined by Tyler as always. And we are going to be talking about the games that we just saw during week 10. Tyler, how are you doing today? Fine. Good job getting that one out. Ah, worked on it. Worked on it. So, obviously, we got a lot to talk about today. We got to talk about the report card. We got to go over, uh, you know, the biggest takeaways, what we got right, what we got wrong. And I'm going to say, you know, look, we, we get a lot right and a lot wrong every week, you know, because we, we make a lot of predictions. But this was this was a rough week for both of us. Um, yeah, I mean, most weeks have honestly, as of late, been looking pretty rough <clears throat> as far as what we're predicting. I can only chalk it up to maybe 2020 with how some of these games are turning out. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think either of us uh, would have ever seen the Patriots beating the Ravens. That yeah. was, man, it was just a, it was a rough week of football. For, I'm not exactly looking forward to today's podcast. It was a, it was just a rough week of football. I honestly, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Like I'm I know, not. You, I know why you're not ready. Yeah, yeah, you know why. <clears throat> it has nothing to do with what you predicted or correct. Who got more correct or how right. you did in fantasy? It's it's all yeah. going to come down to a certain game that we're going to have to talk about later in the podcast. The, the fantasy, the fantasy did. I'm, I'm per, there, I pers- I personally can't wait to talk about that game. Uh, of course. And if you make any little bullshit jabs, uh, I will. You already know. Like I you will. did it. You work. already know. I will. You already know. I will. So about, like oh, I just you know I already know I will you already know I will so it's it's gonna happen just like you're excited to talk about it and yeah. for those of you listening you'll figure out what we're talking about soon enough uh in the meanwhile uh let's go ahead and get into uh get into the, uh, the onward sea biscuits yeah so what were you most right about Tyler Okay, I mean, when you talk in the concept of being right, Mm -hmm. you know, you make some predictions, you make a gutsy call or two every week when you're talking about our our predictions in our podcast, and I'd be damned if this isn't the second straight week I was right about something, but I'm not proud about it. And this is not the way I saw it going down. Mm. How the Lions, or not the Lions, the Jaguars, hung in, and not only hung in, had a lead on the Packers at any point in that game is is beyond me. Um, I understand that they were dealing with some, you know, some, some weather implications you know you had high winds and all that stuff i mean there were plenty of games though this week that were under those same conditions some were worse and some were better i predicted the packers to not cover their 13 and a half point line and i was right but i said it was going to be a 10 maybe 13 point line not four and needing a fourth quarter touchdown to put in, put away Jake Luton. Yeah. And that awful Jacksonville team. And but I mean it goes back to why 
I'm not a huge believer in Green Bay. Um, I'm, we're seeing a lot of the same gameplay, game script, and ugly winning against bad teams that we saw from this team last year. And, you know, when – and they've already shown it. When they face formidable opponents, they don't, they don't really hold their weight in shit. Um, I'd like to send a, a personal shout out to fucking Valdez Scantling. Um, yeah. and that personal shout out being fuck you for <laughs> taking away all the big plays from fucking Devonte this week <clears throat> and whoever that O line O lineman was who got Devonte Adams first touchdown called back. Um, this was, there were a couple games that were supposed to be good games this week. I'm not really including this one. This one should have been a blowout that were just ugly fucking games to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not as sour on the Packers as you are, but I mean, it, it was, it was an ugly win. Those are going to happen to all good teams. Um, I'm not sure that we've seen them play enough great teams to really make a judgment. Obviously, they had the collapse there against Tampa Bay. I don't and know. lost to Minnesota. Yeah, they had a loss to Minnesota. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not ready to just dismiss the Packers yet. There, there is no team besides perhaps the Steelers and the Chiefs right now who have been able to stand out as just being true elite teams i mean that's really what we're at right now we have two elite teams currently i think in the you're league. right um uh, we have a lot of good teams a lot of you know well above average teams you know and that's going to include a, a group like the packers uh the seahawks uh, the cardinals the the bills the um hmm. the ravens the colts so uh maybe maybe the titans i don't know but you know the all those teams have weaknesses and depending on the matchup, depending on the night they get exploited. And then you got teams like the chiefs and the Steelers who, you know, the Steelers is, even though they've had a couple of, you know, close calls, they have been consistent. They have been nothing short of consistent. Um, and we saw that again this week. So let's go ahead and move on to what I was most correct about. And it is between either the Steelers game or the Raiders game. We both saw them covering those, and uh, we both saw said it wasn't going to be that pretty either way. Um, I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and talk about the Steelers game because the the, the key storyline that we focused on was just how uncomfortable the Steelers were going to make Joe Burrow feel uh, with their front seven and with that pretty pathetic uh, Cincinnati Bengal offensive line, and that's exactly what we saw happen. I mean, this game. This game really wasn't close. It was, it was final score was 36 to 10. Ben Roethlisberger had a huge game, 333 yards for four touchdowns. Uh, you had Deontay Johnson had a nice game. So the, the Steelers did, they, they imposed their will just like we thought they would. And it came from the defensive end. They improved to nine, nine and oh. Uh, the Bengals, uh, who have been a scrappy team, were not able to make this one a close contest. And that, that honestly doesn't surprise me. It is more or less what I saw happening this week. Uh, yeah, and to the Bengals' credit, 
the the other divisional foe that they've faced so far this year that it was just an absolute bloodbath as for, as far as uh, for Joe Burrow's concerned Burrow was only sacked four times in this game Burrow also didn't turn the ball over they had two fumbles one from T Higgins and then one from someone I don't even know who the fuck they are <clears throat> but Burrow was able to protect the ball against a, an elite defense. Um, right. You know, and, and much like you'd expect, the, the, they struggled to get the running game going, really, <clears throat> until the fourth quarter when this shit was well, right. well over in in hand. Um, but, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this was another game they were talking about that had really – bad weather implications through this game there were gusts of winds up to 50 miles an hour there were and uh, well that being said i mean big ben still managed to chuck for 333 yards and, and yeah four touchdowns that's that's very impressive yeah no he ben showed out and mm-hmm. i mean he showed out he got the win in a very decisive fashion but it's what you would expect Mm-hmm. this team as a whole to do against a team like the Bengals right. on the, on a fancy side, I want to point out that, you know, we were, we were uh, like debating, all right, which, which of the three Steeler receivers were going to show up and, and be kind of the, the guy. And I mean, really all of them, <laughs> like all of them showed up and put out, put out numbers. Uh, Deontay Johnson, six catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Juju uh, had nine catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. And Chase Claypool, only four catches and 56 yards, but two touchdowns. Uh, all of them put out great fantasy numbers. And the the encouraging thing, if you're an owner of any of these uh, receivers in fantasy, is that they all had at least uh, 10 targets. Uh, 10 for Chase, uh, 13 for Juju, and 11 for, for Deontay. So really impressive that they were able to get their receiving game that that involved, but it did come at a cost. Which, if you are an owner of their running game, James Conner, Benny Snell, any of those guys, you, you saw uh, James Conner really not get that involved in the game script. He had 13 touches, 13 carries for 36 yards. Um, so that had to be disappointing on the rushing end, and it's going to be interesting to see is Pittsburgh going to continue this trend. Um, or are they going to go back to relying on the run game, which I feel like is more of a staple of who they've traditionally been. When you're looking at, you know, especially after this week where, and it's pretty much been just about every week going into this season, when you're talking about fantasy perspective, who are you starting? Is it Deontay? Is it Chase Claypool? Or is it Juju? Um, I, I wouldn't, I'd be very cautious uh, to be of the mindset that all three are going to put out top 20 performances every week. Mm-hmm. And especially, like you said, the Steelers abandoned the run game pretty quick. And mind you, I mean, sure, it was I, in hindsight, it was the right call because Connor wasn't able to get much done on the ground. Um, and they were highly effective through the pass game. Um, I just, I, I looking at the rest of the Steelers schedule next week, they're on the road at the Jaguars. Okay. Jacksonville's not going to put up the fight against the Steelers. Like they did against the Packers. 
because the Steelers aren't going to allow them to put up that fight. <clears throat> They're gonna, this is a game where I would be much more comfortable thinking that they're going to go more towards a run first style offense, especially against a bad defense, you know, and then you're looking at, you got the, you got the Ravens, then you got the, the Washington football team. Then you get the bills on the road, Bengals again, then the Colts and then the Browns. I'm not of the mindset after one week where all three show out that all three are legit top 20 fantasy players every week i think after this week very hard to sustain that's very hard to sustain i think after after this week you're gonna we're gonna go back to more of the it's going to be one of the three that gets in the top 20 and then maybe one of the remaining two gets in the top 25 right uh do want to point out that joe burrow even though he didn't make any major mistakes he did struggle right i mean four sacks is is nothing it's not like a huge amount of sacks, but that's a rough game, right? Uh, that tells you he was getting pressured. He only completed 21 of 40 passes for 213 yards, which when you throw it 40 times and you only get two, just barely over 200 yards, that's pretty disappointing. He had a, an average of just over five yards per attempt. So, uh, you know, one touchdown to no interceptions, I guess is, I guess is positive, but you know, you know, he's got to be disappointed in that performance. And, and it wasn't because he played bad as much as he just couldn't get comfortable, you know, and, and that, that's, that was the thing. He, he could not get comfortable. The running game couldn't, couldn't really um, keep the defense honest. It was, it was a rough matchup for him. He is probably disappointed. If you're looking at it from a football fan perspective, when you look at not only who he was going up against, but, who was not blocking for him and you know the wind implications he's a a big ben's been in the league for fucking ever Mm -hmm. and he spent his whole career in pittsburgh like ben has played in these type of games burrow just he's a rookie played at lsu yeah like he i think burrow carried himself very well in this game, especially going into a game that absolutely nobody expected them to even compete in. Sure. No, I mean, again, I'll give him credit for having enough poise to avoid making major mistakes. Um, but you know, it's, it's a tough game. And like I said, it was the, it was more the pressure that Pittsburgh was able to get onto Cincinnati, Cincinnati's inability to protect Burrow, that, that's where it was. And, you know, that's, that's what you see is when you don't have a great team, but you do have a good quarterback, you're going to, that team's going to make that quarterback look worse sometimes. And that was, uh, I think an example of what we saw uh, this weekend. Sure. Um, and I, the, I, ho- the only- I hope they get protection for him. That's all I, that's all I want to say. I hope that down the road, they figure out how to, how to fix that O line because that, that you cannot, you cannot do, to Joe Burrow, what, for example, the Indianapolis Colts did to Andrew Luck and just let him get lit up for like 60-plus sacks per season, you know? Right. The The only caveat I will have to, to your argument is it's not Joe Burrow's responsibility to block for himself. He can – he's doing – this is why I have Burrow ahead of Justin Herbert in the rookie of the year race right now it's because burrow's doing a hell of a lot more with a lot less not not sure how how that was 
against my argument, but sure. Well, you're, but you're saying like the tremendous pressure that Pittsburgh is bringing on him to create that type of a like a what right. Plus Cincinnati's call- inability to protect the quarterback. Sure. Okay. Right. I'm saying that is more of a compliment to Joe Burrow for the stat line he was able to produce in that environment. I mean, sure. Like Sam Darnold would have probably thrown four touchdowns or four uh, interceptions in, in that situation. So, yeah. well, it's also the Jets. Yeah. So, um, all right. Let's go ahead and move on to what we got to eat crow on. Like, what were we most? What were we most wrong about? Tyler, get us started here. I mean, there's a lot. Ah, oh, there's so much to pick from here. There's a lot I could pick. Um, I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, the easy pick would would be to pick my my upset pick that I was wrong about, but I'm not. I think everything is finally coming to a head in Seattle. Russell Wilson cannot do it all on his own anymore. He has looked really bad in three straight games, and I'm and much like the case for Burrow. I'm not putting a lot of this on on Russell Wilson. I'm putting it on his head coach and his front office, who absolutely refuses to invest in their future whatsoever since, I don't know, like 2015 when the Legion of Boom disbanded. He has no O-line. His running backs can't stay healthy to save their ass. He has, elite, he has two well, – he has one elite receiver and then a very – a, a top 10 number two, but his tight ends are all fucking old and injury prone. They mm-hmm. have no pass rush. Yeah. They just traded for Carlos Dunlap. Great. They have no pass rush. They have two, they, they have two certified stars on that defense mm-hmm. in uh, Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. Their secondary is still horrible. Outside of Bobby Wagner, their linebacking core is not great. Right. They trade, they continue to, they draft horribly. Outside of Metcalf, they have drafted horribly over the last couple of years. And they gave up two first rounders for Jamal Adams. I think I I think it's starting. We're starting to see a little bit of that downhill curve, not for Russell Wilson, but Seattle as a whole, because they and they just gave Pete Pete Carroll a multi-year extension, like yes, two weeks ago. For what? For what? Russell Wilson has carried this team over the last four years. Mm-hmm. I it's I'm we are all starting to see that I think the weight is becoming a little bit more for Russell Wilson to really be able to bear. So I, I agree, and I think the the biggest thing. So one one thing we got to do have to give Seattle credit here. The O line has improved, right? There there was a lot of talk about how bad the O line was, and they were really bad last year. They were ranked very low coming into this season. They're actually very middle of the pack statistically currently this year. So they're Listen, right there. They're, the, they're, the, they're the epitome of average currently statistically. Yes. The lot. Yes. Yesterday was what, or this last week was a bad, a bad game, but 
the defense is where Seattle really is just, I mean, we're not, they're not bad. They are historically Horrible. bad. Uh, they are on pace, currently on pace to give up the most average uh, amount of passing arts per game in NFL history. Yeah. And that is something that is when you have a player like Russell Wilson, who can be dynamic, he can be explosive. He can make big plays, right? You see how he is, uh, I believe currently the most accurate and effective quarterback of throwing the long ball. Um, he has had, I think, what is it? Seven or eight touchdowns of over 20 yards, seven. seven. <clears throat> so, he leads the league in that, right? So Seattle can strike quickly, but you you got to be able to give give your your offense a rest. You got to be able to like to make it a two way game because when the offense strikes quick and then the defense just gets stuck on the field, right? And they're just stuck because they can't stop anyone. Well, one the other team is scoring, and two that puts pressure on your offense to have to come back and have to do it again. And Russell Wilson plays under an immense and insane amount of pressure. And the defense is constantly adding to that by putting them in those positions. This Seahawks defense needs to get fixed. Whoever's uh, is doing the, the game plan there, whether it's the defensive coordinator, the head coach, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not obviously in the fucking sessions, but they, they need, they need to make changes. Uh, The play calling, the personnel, everything about that defense is not working. Well, Pete Carroll is lauded as like a defensive head coach. Right. Right. So when you're watching your team give up historic numbers on defense, mm-hmm. why is the organization that has drafted so poorly? And let's be honest, they haven't been great in free agency either. Mm-hmm. Why are you giving this dude who is supposed to be some like elite defensive type head coach in the NFL. Why are you giving him an extension when they're giving up about just as many yards a game as he's making per game? Right. It's, you know, the interesting thing is Seattle, when you talk about their drafting history, they are so hit or miss. It's unreal. They either hit huge or they just completely miss and they, they miss more than they hit, but when they hit, they hit, right? Like they get guys like, uh, obviously, um, Russell Wilson. Then they get your DK Metcalf. So DK Metcalf is looking like he might just be the next best receiver in the NFL a couple of years mm-hmm. down the road, right? He like that. That is how good he has been. But they have so many misses that it creates gaps and inconsistencies in that team. And when you have those gaps and inconsistencies, the superstars are having to ball out and doing everything they can to keep that team in the game, and then everyone else is letting the team down and letting the other team in the game. And that's exactly what is happening in Seattle right now. Especially when you – and then you, you turn around and you trade away your team's future for the next two years for a, a, a safety who is an incredible talent in the NFL, but he's a blitzing safety. He's he's not super great or elite in any way whatsoever in, in any type of fucking zone or pass coverage. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's actually very effective at, at covering tight ends. He does do that very well. He's one of the best. Well, he's currently playing for the – and I understand he hasn't been there all year, but he's currently playing on the worst defense – pass defense in the NFL. He is. He is. Um, but – so you were wrong about the Seahawks. You thought they were going to win. 
and they did not. I thought they were going to win. They did not. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to where I need to eat the biggest plate of crow. Oh, uh, no, you're not uh, going to do this now, are you? What? Are you? Are you... No, go ahead. So, first of all, I think that you should not have taught. I think what you were most wrong about is something that I was also most wrong about. And you were more wrong on this than I was. And that's the Ravens and the Patriots. Because let's be clear. You, I had no, I had no zero, zero idea that the Patriots would be able to pull off this upset, right? This was all, all I thought was going to happen was going to be the, the Ravens were going to take this one. Uh, Tyler and I both said that the seven point line by Vegas was, was honestly very generous in favor of Patriots um, because the Ravens, we thought were going to win by easily, easily more than seven points. So, I, I was stunned to see that Lamar Jackson continues his struggles, right? I mean, he, they, the, they just could not get points up on the board against a team that's just not very good. I mean, yes, the Patriots, the strength of their team is probably in their defense, right? Okay. That's, that's fine. But Lamar Jackson is supposed to be like the next big thing, right? He had 24, 34 pass, uh, pass attempts, 249 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick, right? Just unspectacular, unspectacular. Uh, rushing 11 for 55 yards, okay, fine. Again, unspectacular, right? We're seeing him, this is kind of his, his, his baseline game. In fact, it was maybe even a little bit above average, just the rest of the team couldn't do it. Uh, we did see Mark Andrews get his season high in, in yards at a whopping 61. He beat his previous high at 58 yards by by three whole yards. But at the end of the day, they lost to the Patriots. Cam Newton, 13 for 17. One touchdown passing. He had another one on the ground. Damian Harris, 22 carries for 121 yards. He was all over them. Rex Burke had six carries for 31 yards. New England rushed for a total of 173 yards compared to the Baltimore's 115. Baltimore is supposed to be one of the best rushing teams in the league. They got outrushed by over 50 yards by the Patriots of all teams. All right. The Patriots defense. Again, it's the strength of that team. They managed to hold down the Ravens. Yeah. What do you want me uh, to say? Yeah. 20. What do you want me What do you want me to say? Okay. I was wrong. You you were so wrong. I was I was telling everyone how wrong I was. You were so wrong. I think that's oh that was that was that was my computer playing the replay there. I apologize. Um that was the Jacoby Myers lovely uh touchdown throw for 25 yards. Look, I told you that the New England defense was was decent. They were okay, they got positive points every game. They put up five fancy points this game. 
I hedged my bets and thought this would be the coming out party for the Baltimore offense since, I don't know, week one against the fucking Browns. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. I mean, we, shit happens. Okay, you fucking you you look. We each look at a game yeah, and we yeah. fucking analyze it in our own heads as to yeah. who we think is gonna win, who we think is gonna fucking lose, and what aspect of the game do we see each team suffering in. Congratulations, you were right. No, this is a game yeah. I was wrong about. You, but I, did, you were, I did. I was right on the side bet. You were right about the defense. You yeah. get another six pack. Yay! I've, I've, I have not had to buy beer for myself in a while. It's been nice. You're only drinking six beers a week? Sure. I mean, you're old, so I mean, that makes sense. Sure. Um, all right. But anyways, we were both very wrong about this game. Uh, no one saw this coming. Uh, there, there was a, Honestly, this week was just full of these kind of surprises of games that no one, no one saw coming. Um. I mean, the you could also make a case for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Giants. Oh, what happened there? That, no, 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 it's, that's okay. It's okay. I'm, I, I've got that covered. You got that covered. Yes. The report card segment. No, 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 no. I, I, we're, we, we got one more. We got one more. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. We got one more thing to talk about before we that's head true. over to the report card. Is 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 okay. So we are going to go into the uh, biggest takeaways here next in the segment. Is it is it Carson Wentz? No. Okay. It's the that's, it's the it's the NFC East as a whole. Okay. Okay, because my biggest takeaway is is Carson Wentz. But hey. well, I guess so. We I guess we can merge them into one. Go ahead and Brett, what, what do you got to say about the NFC East as a whole? I mean, it, it's no shock to anyone that this division is absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely no reason or argument to be made as to why one of these teams is going to host a home playoff game. But, and it seems to flip every week. Is it, oh, is it the Eagles? Or is it what? I've got the Dallas Cowboys right back in contention for the fucking division crown. <laughs> They're a game and a half back. They're in. La- they're tied for last place, and they're in a game and a half back. Oh, I've got the. I've got Dallas right in the thick of this mess. Yeah, I yeah. want them to play their way out of any fucking possible scenario to draft a top tier quarterback. Mostly due to the fact that I feel horrible for Dak, but. The leading team in this division has three wins. The only reason they have that half-game lead is because they have a tie. The Giants are three and seven. The Washington football team is two and seven. And the Dallas Cowboys are two and seven. Oh, they're right in the thick of this shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it is a fucking crapshoot as to who and who knows, man. Andy Dalton's on track to play this week. Maybe the fucking Red Rider gets his shit together. <laughs> Maybe they pull out some wins. Who knows? Oh they got they, they they got the they're on the road at the Vikings, so probably not. And then, but then you get oh okay, all right. I should have looked at the schedule. <laughs> 
they, well, they get they're at home against the football team. I mean, even looking at the schedule, like who knows, man? That's winnable. Then they're they're on the road at the Ravens. <laughs> no, and then they're on the road at the Bengals. Who knows? And then they're at home against the 49ers. And me personally, I hope the Cowboys win that game. I don't want the 49ers winning another game for the rest of the year. And then they're at home against the Eagles and on the road at the Giants. It is completely possible that the division winner could only have five wins. Wouldn't that be something? I Dude, I remember, I think... I don't know if it was like my freshman or sophomore year of high school where like the Seattle Seahawks got into the playoffs at like seven and nine. Yeah. And I was like, that is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm legitimately thinking that this division winner is only going to have five wins now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, five, maybe six. I, I would hedge my bet at six. If it's the Eagles. Sure. Yeah. But, if it's okay. the Cowboys, no, I think it's five. So well, let me give you my biggest takeaway, which kind of it plays into yours. So have you seen the meme about Carson Wentz and, and I think it was Prince George? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the, two, the two look like stunningly similar, right? They look very much alike. And the this meme, for those of you who, who aren't tracking, um, it was talking about how, the you know, uh, it's believed that uh, Carson Wentz uh, has decided to swap places with his twin, Prince George, and Prince George is the one currently playing football. And I, I you know, this meme came out a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was funny. I was like, oh, ah, yeah, that's, that's entertaining. Logical. Yeah. It, look, <laughs> it, mi- it might be real. <laughs> like, it, it's it very might, logical. It might be real. Carson Wentz <clears throat> is playing so bad this season. It is, it is actually astonishing. And it's what's crazy is he went from being so good so good you remember his rookie season yeah fuck yeah 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 but his problem he can't he couldn't stay healthy on a good team Mm -hmm. and now he's playing for a bad team and unfortunately he's healthy yeah yeah so okay um through through uh, nine games this season, Carson Wentz has thrown 12 touchdowns. That is very disappointing. He has thrown 12 interceptions. He has thrown the equal in, uh, he has a one to one touchdown uh, to interception ratio. And it did not get any better last week or any worse because guess what he he did to his credit he did not throw a touchdown last week or an interception yeah he also did not throw a touchdown no he went 21 for 37 208 yards that is just that is just inefficient not not gonna get done in his defense Mm -hmm. he did rush twice for four yards he did however those uh you know he also had two fumbles so he recovered them both. He recovered them both. <laughs> Fair enough. He had two fumbles recovered. If he was a defensive player, this would, that would have been a great stat. Uh, absolutely. We're yeah. talking. We're talking defensive player of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing that has kept him like relevant, at least from a fantasy perspective, is he has been able to rush for a, a fair number of scores. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where through the first seven games he had five rushing touchdowns. 
Um, and, and I made the comment back then that this, that wasn't sustainable. That quarterbacks, unless that like they're primarily dominantly running quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson, like a Kyler Murray, yeah. uh, maybe a Josh Allen, that they're not going to get that many rushing touchdowns in the season sustainably. You're not going to have another another five for the second second half of the season. And and sure enough, that doesn't look like he, he's he's lost pace to do so. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on in his head. One thing that's it seems like it's a mental, there's mental issues going on too, because he seems hesitant to make throws. Um, I, I'm just, I'm so stunned. I didn't think Carson Wentz was going to have a great year. I was, I was, we had talked about this before when, uh, when we were talking about the fantasy draft in our league. And I yeah. said, I, I'm not, I'm not big on Wentz. I'm not high on Wentz. I'm not taking him at any round because wherever he'd be available would be too expensive. I didn't think he'd be this bad, though. Yeah, I no, I don't think he'd be and this bad. You're talking to someone. You're talking to someone in a money league who invested an eighth round pick on him, and guess what? I'm starting him this week. Yeah, I have to. Something. I mean, something's got to give. I mean, they're playing the fucking Browns. Yeah, something's got to give. Yeah, I mean, this was. I mean, legitimately, like this should have been the week that something was supposed to give um could the giants could the giant you know what any team could do it any team could do it in this division so hindsight's 2020 and me saying that the cowboys are in the thick of the playoff race right now it is not a far-fetched statement when you look at the the current records in the nfc east but I think if I had, if someone was forcing me to put money down on what team I thought would come out of the division at this point, I would probably place my money on New York. Daniel Jones has looked a little better. Okay. Second consecutive game without a turnover for the first time in his career. He beat a non-Washington football team. Yeah. Like I'm right. That's progress for him in his career. Is that the first or second time? I think it's the second time he's done that. It, it is his second win yeah. against someone not. Yeah. So named he, he the, doubled his win totals against non-Washington football teams. But I mean, and then you look at, well, fuck dude. I don't, <laughs> his, their schedules remainder of the schedule is kind of brutal. Like, yeah. On the road to the Bengals at home or on the road at the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. At home to the Cardinals, and then they get the Browns, the Ravens, and then finish the year on the Cowboys. So maybe I would, maybe I'd alter my bet on that one. I just, this, I, we, we've joked like over the last couple of years, like, God damn it, the NFC East is so bad. Mm-hmm. They've gotten worse yeah. somehow. Yeah. But what's staggering to me, though, about um, and I apologize for coming back to this topic about Carson Wentz What's staggering has been the regression in his efficiency. Prior to this season, his worst year as far as touchdown interception ratio was his rookie season. All right. Which is fair. Understandable. Rookie rookie quarterback, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Right. Since then, he had 33 touchdowns to seven, 21 touchdowns to seven. 27 touchdowns to seven very consistently in the past three seasons. He has only thrown seven interceptions per year while uh, getting over 20 averaging really around 20, exactly 27 touchdowns in the last three seasons. 
12 and 12. That, that just stuns me. I'm I, like, I can't get over it. his completion rate rating always been above 60%. It's a 58% this year. Yeah. And you can't blame Nelson Aguilar's no non hands having ass. Cause he plays for the Raiders now. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like they got a couple of decent, talented receivers. You can't, you can't even say, like, between uh, Jalen Rieger and and Travis Fulgham, those are two Greg quality. Ward. Yeah, Greg Ward is a good number three. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, I, I don't even. Heck, that third string tight end Rogers. He he's he's pretty good. Well, Richard like, Rogers was he, like you remember couple seasons past he played for the Packers like Mm -hmm. he was the he played behind Jimmy Graham Mm -hmm. Jimmy Graham wasn't great in Green Bay so Richard Rodgers was kind of the show out tight end and now he's the number three I guess the number two now since Zach Ertz is still hurt but yeah Richard Rodgers has had some nice moments throughout this year and then you also think they have running backs that are designed to pass to catch passes between Boston Scott and uh, Miles Sanders literally this team has all the offensive weapons that a quarterback would need to be Except able for to complete O-line. passes. The O-line is the issue, right? The O-line is the problem. But man, I've seen I've watched I've watched way more Eagles football this year than I'd like to. And there's a lot yeah, of times where the O-line's too. giving the protection that he needs and and the, you know, he's still He's still not getting it done. And there's times where you can't even blame the O-line for giving him the sack because he's holding onto the ball for so damn right. long. Right. So I don't know. It's it's uh it's a conundrum. Um so my, my biggest takeaway is uh how stunned I am at the regression that Carson Wentz has had this season. I hope it is a temporary thing and that he is able to uh bounce back and obviously uh redeem his career because when he was playing well, he was playing very well. Yes, he was. Yeah. So that wraps up this this segment. Next, we're going to get into the report card. We'll explain how that works to you guys in the, uh, after this short break. Tyler, anything else you want to add? No, go to break, fucker. All right. <laughs> Bye. Welcome back, everybody. It is time to get into the report card. And uh, for those of you who are new to uh, this this segment, the way it works is we we made predictions for all the games last week. And we're going to go ahead and grade ourselves on how we did. So if we got the game correct and in that we predicted the right score and we predicted who, whether or not that team would cover or not cover the line, we give ourselves an A and that's four points for the GPA. If we got one of those two things correct, so either we got the correct score or we got the correct line, then that's a C and that's two points for the GPA. And if we got both wrong, that is obviously going to be an F. So and so we stay obviously accountable for our own predictions, which is something you don't see any other podcast do, but we go ahead and do it because, hey, that's who we are. So to give you guys an example, Colts and Titans. Now, Tyler, we already talked about this game extensively uh, last week when we were doing the uh, Week 10 previews because this game happened on a Thursday night. And we had both predicted that the Titans would win. They were two-point favorites. That did not happen in the slightest. They lost 34 to 17. We're not going to talk about this game because we were, we already did. So if you want to catch that, listen to the uh, week 10 previews. It's in that one, but we got F's on the report card. That's zero for the GPA. So let's move on to the next game. Washington football team at the lions. We both had the lions covering and for a while, it looked like they would. They still pulled out the win, but 
The line was three and a half points, and they won by three. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Just sheer Detroit Lions style, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Go up big early and then fucking give up 17 points in the fourth quarter to a dude who didn't have a fucking functioning leg six months six months ago. Oh yeah. No, that yeah. was that was fantastic. That was that really it was, you know, it was both teams at their best. Uh the the Lions get, getting it big, like you said, and then blowing the lead and the Washington football team. Blowing an ending, you know, it's, it's, it's what, it's what both, both of those teams do so well. Um, yeah. Any, any big takeaways or impressions from, from this game? I think the most disappointing aspect of this game was how, how solid Matt Stafford looked in the first half. Yeah. And then nothing just trailed off. I mean, he, okay. He, he had a, it was really the fourth quarter that that where he really disappeared because he had I think four incomplete passes going into the fourth quarter and he finished the game with seventeen incomplete passes. He threw thirteen incompletions in that fourth quarter. I'm not giving him any credit for his third touchdown pass. None. Wait, we're talking about Alex Smith or Matt Stafford? Matt Stafford. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at Matt, uh, Alex Smith. No, no, no. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, Matt. Yes, Matt yes, Stafford. Yes. yes. Sorry. Was right. gone after right. halftime. Yeah. Had a brain fart there. He did have a brain. Uh, he did have, yes. He had a very nice first half, had a terrible second half. Well, had a, you know, not a non-existent second half. Uh, biggest surprise for me, though, was Marvin Jones getting it done. Uh, he posted the most yards uh, any receiver has had against the Washington football team, which is surprising, at 96 yards. Also grabbed a touchdown. Also grabbed a touchdown pass. I am so glad I dropped him from my fantasy football team this week and didn't. And work. I'm also glad that <clears throat> I went against my better judgment to not grab him in our money league this week and start him yeah. because you know, yeah, he hasn't had four touchdowns in the last three games. Why? <clears throat> oh, prior to this, it was three touchdowns in the last two games. Why? Why would he have another solid fantasy outing? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's that's great. Tyler Boyd with three point three standard fantasy points nevertheless <clears throat> yeah like i was saying stafford i give absolutely no credit to his third touchdown pass yeah that was all deandre swift yeah. deandre swift costs a little catches a little dump pass about mm-hmm. 17 18 yards from the goal line mm-hmm. actually it was 26 or 15 was it 15 it was 15 yards exactly okay and deandre deandre swift just ran over the fucking the dude who should have had it should have been a clear sheer no issue tackle and just mowed this fucking dude over Dondre Swift's looking very good he had a total of 16 uh carries and five catches so let's let's call it 21 touches uh and he finished 149 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown the one that you just described there yeah. uh receiving um, by the way, he had five catches on five targets, so yeah, he what, was very efficient in the in the passing game. I would in, I would say if there were three receiving touchdowns, that I would rate as the most spectacular of the week. He'd definitely be number three. He he'd be in contention for number two. He's not in contention for number one. Yeah, the number one wasn't that good. All right, the, okay. Alex uh, Alex Smith. I mentioned earlier. Uh, and I apologize. I was I was referring to Alex Smith when when uh, you were talking about Matt Stafford. Alex Smith went into the fourth quarter with only four incompletions. 
finished the game with 17. He was playing really well up until that fourth quarter where he really couldn't couldn't get any kind of rhythm going. Um, another another player I want to give a shout out to is Terry McLaurin. We talked about him, how he, he we thought there was a good chance he could struggle this game. Um, he pulled out seven catches, 95 yards, also had a carry for 27, so was able to ground up uh, over 120 yards from scrimmage. Um, didn't, didn't get the end zone though, but you know who did Antonio Gibson. He got in there twice. Um, Washington, look, Washington played well in the second half to mount a comeback. Not well enough though. And Alex Smith just couldn't get it done in the fourth quarter. Couldn't see the deal. So my shout out on the Washington end would be one of my sleeper picks at running back for this last week, who was JD McKissick, who I said in standard format, he's not, He's not going to wow you. If you started him in standard format this week, though, as a flex play, you have to be ecstatic because he punched in a rushing tie. He had eight rushes for six yards. One of those went for a touchdown. In PPR format, though, he had seven catches for 43 yards on an astounding 15 targets. Yeah. He's Alex Smith's dump off emergency blanket type of guy to go to. Like I say, seven, he he had eight that, you know, eight targets that didn't turn into receptions, um, you know, and the 43 yards isn't a whole – it's not super great when you're talking about the volume that he had, but his day was salvaged in an area that most weren't really expecting him to, and that was at the with – the, with the goal line punch in, which is Antonio Gibson's fucking – that's his game. So, right. for him to get that rushing touchdown, yeah, that, that was huge if you started him in either format. Yeah, uh, Let's talk about Alex Smith for a second. He had 20 passes to the running back position, 20 yep. targets to the – 15 to J.D. McKissick, which is just yeah, mind-boggling, um, four to Antonio Gibson, and one to Peyton Barber, who uh, is apparently still in the league, so – um, well, and then and then you just throw in the six that went to Logan Thomas as well. Mm-hmm. He's not outside of McLaurin. He's not super comfortable com- targeting wide receivers. Right. He's looking for the 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 running back well, or the tight end, which are like the the blankets, the the the, the safe I, shields in, in 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 offenses. I mean, he did have over twenty targets to wide receivers as well. Um, you know, it's when you throw 55 times in a game, everyone's going to get a lot of targets. Yeah, I'm sorry. When 15 of them are going to one running back, I, I think. But yes, he does favor. He does favor yeah. this the security blanket. Um, which hey, that's that's fine. He's coming back, and you know he looked good. It was nice to see. It was nice to see Alex Smith play well. Um, all things considered, it, it was. It was. It was nice to see him have a productive. He productive okay. football game. He played okay. He played okay. He and did that's not fine. play great. He didn't. He didn't. But he did all right. So let's go ahead and move on. Um, we both got card for us. We both got. Yeah, we both both got the season. That one. Two points for the GPA. We are not looking too hot right now. Uh, Packers and Jags is the next game here. This one you did get the A. You took them at the under. Packers were thirteen and a half point favorites. I was looking at what the Packers have been doing recently to inferior competition, which is blowing them out by over seventeen points a game. Whereas the Jags, uh, you know, they, they're, they were definitely the inferior opponent. Offering did, up over they, 30 points per game. Yeah, yeah they, they did not cover. Um, Green Bay made it a lot closer. Even you, like you said, in the, I think in the previous segment, 
they made it closer than anyone anticipated. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> over the last couple of seasons has been one of the best quarterbacks at not turning that ball over. Mm-hmm. That interception he threw was fucking hideous. And I don't know if it maybe the wind was a factor. Don't know. Don't care. That is not an Aaron Rodgers type of play. Yeah. They couldn't. And, and this was unfortunate because this was the area that I thought they'd be able to exploit Jacksonville the most was through the running game. Aaron Jones goes 13 for 46. Jamal Williams go, goes eight for 30. I, you can't say even when they were trailing, did the game ever get so out of hand that they had to abandon the running game? I, I don't uh, – Jacksonville's a, not a great defense. They're not. They're a bottom half they're – they're in the bottom 10 in the league against the pass and the rush. I can't – I just – I I had Aaron Jones as my number one running back this week based off his matchup, and fuck me, he did not turn that shit in. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I mean, fucking Valdez – Fucking piece of shit. It's not that you know Devontae Adams still, you know, uh, commanded the most targets. He had 12. He had eight catches for 66 and a touchdown. Valdez going for four, 149 and a touchdown, which I mean, I mean, I get it. Devontae is going to command all that fucking respect in the passing game. Outside of him, it is a question mark. When it, is it going to be Lazard when he was healthy? Is it going to be right. Valdez Scanling? Is it going to be Robert Tanyan? <clears throat> is it going to be one of the running backs out of the backfield? And when you, I mean, fuck, you look at it, there were only two wide receivers in this game that had a reception Valdez Scantling and Devontae Adams. That is stunning because Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's as good as anyone at distributing the ball and throwing it around the field. But I have noticed that the Packers, especially this season, but but generally um, in the past couple of years, they tend to be very much uh, reliant on riding the the hot hand. And you know, you got you got to think back. Like, look at for example, um, you know, Devonte Devonte Adams has had the hot hand in recent weeks. He's been getting a lot of the love, been fed very healthy, right? Um, look at though, for example, Aaron Jones. Okay, Aaron Jones in week two had 168 yards and three touchdowns. Excuse me, 168 rushing yards, 68 passing yards, and uh, receiving yards, and three touchdowns. He has not gotten – he had a season-high 26 touches overall. Since then, he has not been inside the top. That was the only game he's had where he has been a top 10 running back in, in fantasy, right? The the Packers are the ride the hot hand type of a team. Marquez Scantling was hot. He was getting the big plays, right? I mean, normally it's Devontae Adams. That's been their most consistent guy. But I, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones? I, I don't know if he's a top 10 running back in fantasy. I don't. He sh- He should be. But when you only get in the top 10 once, 
uh, I have a tough sell. When when you're looking at Aaron Jones, yeah, he had that really big game in week two against who the fuck were they playing? In week two? Hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. Detroit? Detroit. Okay. Who left that game early? Devontae. Devontae. And who missed the next two games after that? Devontae. Devontae. Since then, mm-hmm. six for fucking he had six for sixty one against Tampa Bay. That's not a fair assessment. They got shellacked in that game. Sure, that shit wasn't even close. Sure. Then following thirteen one ninety six two touchdowns, uh-huh. seven fifty three three touchdowns, ten one seventy three one touchdown, eight sixty six one touchdown. Right. Devontae is always going to be the hot hand. Sure. Well, my point I'm trying to say is that the Packers don't distribute the ball as much as you might think they, they would, you know, uh, for, for example, you, you got a guy like Matt Stafford, who's going to literally give everyone one reception, at least, um, you know, almost everyone's going to finish like three to four receptions on that team. Whereas you got a team like Green Bay, where you just said, you know, this last week, they only had two receivers that caught the ball. And that's what Green Bay does. They're, they're going to give volume to the guys that are producing. And everyone else is kind of getting left out, which which is kind of the way Aaron Rodgers is, right? Like, he, he doesn't have patience for guys that aren't getting it done. Um, he's not going to coddle you, bring you along. You're either going to produce for him or you're not. And if you're not producing, he's going to he's gonna cut you out of the touches. As whereas Matthew Stafford doesn't have a choice. Right. Especially after Megatron fucking retired. He doesn't have a choice. He has to distribute the ball. Aaron Rodgers has that luxury of being such a an elite quarterback. He doesn't have he doesn't have to distribute. He can sit and he wait, throw it away, sure. or he can target the same guy fifteen times in a game, and that'll turn into fucking ten for a hundred and something in a touchdown. Yeah. So, um, anything you want to say about the Jags with their uh, rookie quarterback? No, no, because I don't think this guy's gonna. He's not. Once Minshew gets healthy, he'll he's going to take over the starting job, and this guy will fade away back to the practice I squad. I don't think Minshew's going to start a game again this season unless this guy gets hurt. I, I think they're done with Minshew. What makes you say that? Well, for one, it's the severity of his injury is very much unknown. It's a very it's got a Tyrod Taylor feel to it where it's not really known exactly how hurt he is and it's very possible it's very possible that he's not hurt at all and they're just sitting him um so that's what's been reported it, it is very unclear if Minshew is going to be getting that starting job back i don't i don't know i and i don't see any reason why that why he would i mean it's not like he was exactly getting it done um the dj chark obviously had major issues with the quarterback he made it. He made it vocal, and the very next week, the quarterback was was benched. Now, was well, it because of injury or was it not? I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know. But it's a very uh, suspicious timing, and I'm I haven't seen anything from Minshew that makes me go, "Yeah, he's playing better than the current rookie." And you know what? You got a current rookie. You're heading to the lottery or to the sorry to the the top of the of the draft. I might you might as well see what the rookie's got. Well, I mean, yeah, in hindsight, yeah, they're going to have bare minimum a top three pick. Right. Which means they're going to be in play for at least, if not Trevor Lawrence, at least Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, 
Luton, enjoy your next six games because they're probably going to be the last six games you play in the NFL. All right, next game on the docket here. Um, again, you got the C in this one. Sorry, I got the C, you got the A. Yeah. My apologies. Uh, next game on the docket here is one that we both failed, and that's the Eagles and the Giants. We already talked about this one in the last segment, so we don't need to talk about this too much. Yeah, we're good. Uh, we got Fs. Yeah, but yeah, we... we yeah. Line was four points in Philly's favor. Giants won by 10. Okay, Bucks and the Panthers. Oh, I took the Bucks and under. That hurt. Mm. hurt. You know what? For a while it was looking good, and then the uh, the Bucks just too much, too much for the Panthers to handle, and we're able to just keep keep it coming. Whereas the Panthers uh, tapered off. So, so I would love to to sit in accolade and go. Tom Brady always bounces back big after mm-hmm. an embarrassing loss in his career. I actually don't care so much about that because he's done it multiple times whoopty fucking do and he did it against the panthers which the panthers have been scrappy but they're not a good team right i would like to tailor this conversation a little bit more back to conversations that you and i have had over the last couple of weeks regarding ronald jones and leonard fournette Uh uh-huh yeah no ronald jones had that 98 yard touchdown run Leonard Ronald Jones fumbled on the first carry he had in this game. He did. I I saw that and I was like, oh, there you go. I literally thought to myself, okay, his season is over. Me too. And yeah. Ronald Jones outcarried him twenty three to eight. Yeah. Well, when you run it for ninety eight yards, you he go, finished. You get more he, touches. He he finished with one hundred and ninety two. So yeah, yeah. ninety eight was a lot of that. But Fournette went eight for nineteen. Yeah. Like. I it's a backfield I want no part of in fantasy. When, so, no, and, and that's the point I want to make because when the 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 you brought the argument up a couple of weeks ago as to where you thought Fournette was clearly mm-hmm. taking over this backfield coming off of injury, mm-hmm. I played the more cautious approach. I think Ronald Jones is still gonna have a part. I think this game kind of contradicts both of our stances. Yeah. I think yeah. Bruce Arians is going to roll with whatever hand is the hottest yeah. between these two. And obviously, I mean, Fournette was hot for two of the games after, after his injury, the, the, the fumble on, the, on his first carry, I thought I'm like, Ronald Jones needs to put his house up for sale. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Like you're done in Tampa Bay, but then he got 22 more carries after that. One of them going for 98, which Oh, that was a Derrick Henry style run, like just mowing past everybody. Yeah. It was a thing of beauty. It, it was. It, I mean, it was, uh, it was very, it really did look like a Derrick Henry run. Um, you know, the thing that, that, that struck me, cause I actually watched a good chunk of this game, especially in the first half. Cause the game was, mm-hmm. mind you, it was, it was tied at halftime. Yeah. Um, and then the the Bucks just ran away with it. But what, what what struck me as staggering was Carolina's not inability to run, but refusal to run. They they were like Tampa Bay. Yes, they had a, a run defense that you know has a good reputation around the league. They have good defensive statistics in, in the run game. Sure, okay. Carolina came into this game afraid to run the ball. They rushed it a total of 16 times, okay? And it wasn't due to some la- lack of success, right? The only rusher that had a really a bad rushing 
evening was Curtis Samuel, who for some reason is lining up at running back for some. I don't fucking know why. But he Curtis Samuels had some success playing in the backfield sure, on limited he, snaps. Right. Unlimited snaps, especially with McCaffrey being hurt. But so Mike, I understand Mike, the play. Mike Davis had seven carries on 32 yards. And it was actually like six carries on like 31 before like a one yard little whimper at the very end. But average 46 yards. Why, why are you giving a guy that's getting you almost five yards a carry? Why are you only giving him seven touches if he's your starting starting running back? And it's not like the game script was bad until the fourth quarter, right? That's when the game script got out of hand. So the, there is no reason for the first three quarters for Carolina to be so timid running the ball. That made no sense to me because they had their drives did not take up a whole lot of clock. It gave Tampa Bay a lot more opportunity and allowed Tampa Bay to do what Tampa Bay did and scored a lot of points. Um, I, I'm at a loss for words. I don't. I did not understand the play calling in this one. I think a lot. I, I think some of it has to be a little bit of backlash as to what they saw a week ago. You got your fucking knight in shining armor back for a week. In Christian McCaffrey. And McCaffrey's getting it done in the run game and in the pass game. Mm-hmm. And you almost knock off the defending Super Bowl champions. And then, oh, fuck. McCaffrey hurt his shoulder again. Well, he hurt his shoulder, so he's out against against the Bucks. And mind you, he's already been ruled out right, right. for this upcoming week. Against week Detroit. As well. Yeah. I just... I, Maybe it, it plays I, into I that. get what the argument you're making is. I understand the argument you're making is. I don't really think that you would play it that way. Oh, no. I like to believe that you wouldn't because that's no. a stupid fucking idea. Like not not to say like I not not this isn't against you and what you're saying, no. but it's still like why what's the point of having a backup running back if you're not gonna use him when your starting running back goes down? Like that's the most also, like aggravating you've, thing I've ever seen. You've also got to remember that they also have a rookie head coach. And a rookie head coach that has played close in a lot of games that he shouldn't have been in, including this one where they were tied at half. Right. That, that could have been his big, like, oh, fuck, panic moment. And he's, all right, abandon the run game. Teddy, try and win this game for us. They, they, but they already had. Like, they, I think their first, like, five or six plays were passes in this game. They, they were literally allergic to running the ball. I don't. I don't understand it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it left me perplexed. I was not happy about it, especially since I was playing Mike Davis in my in my fantasy league. So I guess a little, a little bit of personal bitterness there. Mm. Uh, but the point is uh, that the Buccaneers did win. We both predicted that. You took the over. I took the under. You get the A. I get the C. Let's move on to the Broncos and Raiders, a game that we both got correct. Las Vegas was favored by four points in this one, and they won by a lot more than four. Yeah, they did. And I'm starting to think that Drew Locke is not an NFL caliber quarterback. Not starting anyway. He he threw four. I was waiting, waiting. Like, when are you going to pull this guy? Is it going to be after the second interception? No. The game was already kind of out of hand at that point. Right. Oh, he threw a third. Are you going to pull him now? No. He threw a fourth and he finished the game? Are you get now 
I have my own personal grudge against Drew Locke, not just looking at how badly he has played. This motherfucker is going out of his way to not give Noah Fant target, like like feasible targets. Feasible. He finished with seven. I, I watched a significant chunk of this game. A lot of these throws are high behind him. I think one of them was actually a throwaway, which counted as a target for Noah Fant, which is fucking retarded. But he went when when Ombogo, whoever the fuck, the tight end number two behind Noah Fant was playing up until last week. He was the heavily targeted and favored tight end, especially in the red zone. And then this Fumagalli, Fumagalli, now he's, now he, he damn near had the same yards that Noah Fan had. He's going out of his way not to target his tight end one. Cause now he's so, targeting his tight end three. Okay. I mean, all right, sure. Tight end targeting aside. The thing that struck me about this one, remember we were talking about the running backs. This is another thing we were just way off the mark on when we were talking about last week. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this, right? Like we talked about the Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay dynamic. Um, and we had both predicted that Philip Lindsay would, would be the back this week. Uh, the guy that at least would be the more productive. Well, Melvin Gordon finished with 11 carries and 46 yards. Philip Lindsay finished with four carries for a staggering two yards. He was fourth in his team in yardage behind Melvin Gordon. Uh, Royce Freeman, remember that guy? Yeah, he's yeah. still there. And, of course, uh, Drew Locke. All three of them outrushed him and had longer runs on the day. Philip Lindsay's four uh, carries included one four-yard run meaning that he had three carries for negative two yards with the other runs. Uh, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, it's Phil Lindsay, so I'm sure he, he made up for it in the passing game, right? He's oh. a great passing running back. He had one target for nothing. Nothing. He did yeah. not catch it. We whiffed on this one big time. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just – there's nobody to trust – in this Broncos offense, and I'm I'm including Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick in this. I am. The most targets did not go to either one of those two. They went to Hamler, KJ Hamler. But those two did. St- for, I mean, all right, well, yes, but those two did still reel in. Tim Patrick had six targets. Jerry Judy had eight. They both caught four passes and over sixty yards, which did beat out KJ Hamler's total of fifty yards. So, I mean, you know, there, if there's any any level of fancy consistency, it is with those two guys. Uh, that being said, mm. this is such a volatile offense. It's it's tough to to want any piece of it. No, and that and that also goes for Noah Fan. Fucking yuck. Someone who's supposed to have a fucking breakout year. Nope. Yeah. No, I, I don't want any it is and Jerry Judy. Get him the right quarterback. I'm sure he'll be a fine wide receiver in this league. And a fine fantasy wide receiver at that, like a wide receiver too. 
But I don't want any part of their receiving game anymore with the guy they have throwing the fucking football. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's impressive is Philip Lindsay almost had as many tackles as he did uh yardage. He had two yards from scrimmage and he recorded one tackle. Yeah, Thanks this to uh, Drew Locke and his uh, amazing ability to pass to the other team. So. Yeah, this was the guy who was flexing and shit in the offseason, saying that it was unfair that they traded for Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. Well, the uh, Vegas Raiders, on the other hand, uh, improved to 6-3, and three, uh, the mirror opposite of the Denver Broncos, who had the unfair advantage and are now 3-6. and six. We saw Derek Carr have a very Derek Carr game, 16 for 25, 154 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions, just kind of meh, whatever. Uh, but they they did get it done on the ground with four touchdowns between Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker. Another uh, Devontae Booker, another yep. former Denver running back. Yep. Uh, overall, the team had 203 yards on the ground. So, you know, Las Vegas – they they knew exactly what what they wanted to do in this one, and they dominated. Derek Derek Carr outrushed Philip Lindsay on the same number of fucking attempts. This is true. Oh God, this is true. Yeah. Literally everyone who who had the ball and ran with it outrushed Philip Lindsay in this game. Yeah. Now I mean, this is this is John Gruden football. Yeah. Dominate through the run game and play good defense. Yeah. Um, John John Gruden he won um, a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, correct? Yep. Back yes, in the he day. did. And yep. uh, who was their starting quarterback? Do you remember? Brad Johnson. And yes. the only reason why I know that is because they <laughs> beat Jeff Garcia and the 49ers in the NFC Championship game yep. to get there, and they beat Rich Gannon and the Oakland Raiders. Correct. In the Super so, Bowl. So I mean, uh, you know, he has proven. You know that you do not need a great no. quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You don't. I mean, maybe in this era it's a little little harder to do than back then. But he, uh, you know, he believes that you don't need to be able to pass the ball 300, 400 yards a game to win to win games. You can win the game by dominating mm-hmm. the run. And he, you know, teams like the Titans, teams like the the Raiders are starting to show that that's their identity. That's what their philosophy is. And they're finding some level of success in doing that. So, I mean, you look at the Raiders style of winning. I mean, over the past couple of weeks, it hasn't been there. They, they've come into their own, I guess, a little bit. Mm-hmm. They And this is a Raiders team that beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead this year too. Correct. That was not so much a running dominant game, though. Right. right. That like was Derek that... Carr had 347 yards, three touchdowns. Now, Josh Jacobs had two rushing touchdowns, but only 77 yards. Mm-hmm. So, this style of football, and as you bring up in today's style of NFL, it'll beat a Tennessee in the playoffs. Um, I mean, Tennessee plays the same style, so I guess. I mean, <laughs> But you know, yeah, it'll beat a lot but, of teams. It'll it'll beat the wild card teams, right? Yeah, but it, it's not going to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. It's right. not going to beat the Steelers. You in the need playoffs. to be able to throw the ball in the yeah. playoffs. And the the Raiders are balanced enough. You know, they kind of have a little bit of that dark horse, uh, you know, factor to them, where the, they're talented enough that they can throw the ball a little bit. 
is Derek Carr the best quarterback in that position? No, but the run game is good enough that they teams will come into games already respecting the run. You know what I mean? They don't need to have a big rushing first half to, to get that run respect from the defense. Um, and that's going to help things for a guy like Derek Carr, who's not a great quarterback, but in the right system uh, can still be effective. So he's the Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side of the Bay. Sure. But better. No arguments for me. Yeah. So we both got A's in that one. Let's go ahead and move on to the Chargers and the Dolphins. And you and I talked about this before we started our podcast. I really wanted to take Miami in this one, and I ended up going with the Dolphins. Excuse me, the Chargers. And uh, that proved to be wrong. And we and we both got F's in this one because Miami, Miami won. And, you know, they, they looked like the better team out there. They did. Yeah, there's no part of me that wanted to take Miami in this. I wanted wholeheartedly. I wanted to see the Chargers be able to pull one, pull a win out. Um, But week after week, they just continue to show you that they're not they're not a team that can finish, and they're not a team that can play great from behind. Um, Tua had a. I, an impressive game. Look at his, his he's three and oh as a starter. You look at his first start, he didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. His second start, he got a new shootout with Kyler Murray and won. Yeah. And then this one, you know, he did he he kind of he did and he played well. He played well. well he put up put up only 169 yards passing, but two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He it, didn't get sacked. That that was impressive. They did a good job of protecting him. Yeah, and you know he had six rushes for negative one yards, so I mean that's great. But uh, he was able to do enough with this team that, mm-hmm. I mean it's it, it's a rotating fucking door at who right. they're starting at running back. Um, also Miami has just earlier today waived Jordan Howard, so he's 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 on waivers now. He's not a part of that team anymore. Mm-hmm. The this Ahmed kid who came in, twenty one rushes for eighty five and a score. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. <clears throat> I I I I didn't learn anything from Miami in this game. I I, I feel like I've learned something from them. Well, no, because I've I've watched this team this season win games with Tua. Mm-hmm. I've watched this team this season win games with Fitz Magic. Yeah. I haven't I've seen we've gotten a sample size of three different varieties from Tua, which honestly is it's 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 a good thing. We haven't seen the bad Tua yet. Right. Well what we have seen though is a team that is good in other facets of the game outside yeah. the quarterback position, yeah. right? And that that is something that neither of us saw going into this season. So well, the one thing that Miami has shown is their ability to support the quarterback is improved le- leaps and bounds over last year. They're, look, they're, they're, Miami is a good team. That's It's time to come out and say it. They're a good team. They're a tough out. And, like, they didn't add – a whole lot of firepower to their offense, but they loaded that defense up in free agency. Mm-hmm. Loaded it up. You've got Xavier Howard, right? Who they already had down there at cornerback. Mm-hmm. 
You bring in Byron Jones from the Cowboys. You bring in uh, Shaq Lawson from the Bills. You bring in Kyle Van Noy from the Patriots. Like they stacked that defense up very well mm-hmm. in this offseason. And like this offense was able to move the ball last year with what they had. They what they needed to address was O line and defense, which is what a lot of bad teams in the NFL need to address. Yeah. And they were able to do so. And they used the they, draft for the O line. They used the the free agency for the defense. Um because yeah. They still have another first rounder from Houston in this upcoming draft mm-hmm. that they got for Laramie Tunsil last year. Mm-hmm. So I I love where Miami's heading. Like you talk about tiers, I, I would in the in the AFC East, I got I would put Buffalo at one, Miami. I would put Miami at two. Mm-hmm. Miami's the more complete team than New England. I don't give a fuck that they just beat the Ravens. Sure. And then I would put the Pats at three, and then the Jets at like seven. <laughs> that's i mean that's true there's probably like three non-existent teams that are better than the jets so i think I'm, our flag I'm, football team for the turkey bowl could contend with the jets yeah which i'm excited about i uh i will be playing it's been confirmed so whoop de do very very thrilled very thrilled about that uh let's go on and uh move on to the next game uh, we both got f's on that one just in case yeah, yeah, we both got S. Miami's one one and a half point favorite. They won by like. Oh, eight. I, I, I know, I know yeah. why you're getting all sour puss right now. Yeah, oh, so Bills and Cardinals. Cardinals were two and a half point favorites. Uh, we both picked the Bills. Um, Cardinals won by two, which means that technically we did pick the line. So we both get C's in this one. What was the line? It was two and a half. Oh, for the Arizona. Okay. So uh, we, we salvaged C's. Uh, that I, was, I was the only good thing about look. Here, here's I want here's one observation I want to make about this game. We we know we, I know out. what you're going to talk about. Let it out. Let it out. And it's going to suck being a Bills fan because uh, you know for the next I don't know ten years you're going to see that uh, replay of that play on so many different commercials. Um. I saw a picture of DeAndre Hopkins' hand just inches, just like two inches above everyone else. And he had the 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 Air Jordan yeah, logo. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, like, he did. I was about like, to yeah, say, did you see what logo he had on yep, his shit? I sure did. I sure did. And, uh, you know, that's obviously, I mean, yeah. You're welcome, Jordan Brand. He just made a commercial for you. And so that's going to sting because we're going to see that a lot, right? Um. The good news is it was a regular season game. The the question is going to be, is this going to be the kind of loss that that like gets a team back together and says, all right, let's let's get back out there and uh, you know we 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 put ourselves in position to win. We didn't pull it off. Let, let's continue doing what we're doing. Or is this going to be the kind of loss that actually has a a like a demotivating effect on the team? And that's yet to be seen. We will find out. Um, I believe the Bills are going into their bye week this week, so they will have a full week to reflect on this this l but the one takeaway i do want to make that uh it was in an article going into this game and that is that this was two teams that had trades in the offseason for marquee receivers where both teams 
won their trades, right? Obviously, Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you saw everyone who saw the last play knows exactly why like DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in football right now. He can make that kind of a play. He had three guys on him, one guy in front of him, one guy behind him, and one guy rushing into him. And he outjumped all of them, timed it perfectly, brought down a Hail Mary of a throw, which let's just be real. Kyler Murray, like, bravo to him for being able to extend that play long enough. He, like, you know, he did kind of come in contact with, with the pass rusher. He extended it long enough to, to make the chuck. But, but that was all DeAndre Hopkins on that play. That was all DeAndre Hopkins on that play. That, that being said, the Bills got to be feeling good about the fact that who did they who were they able to target on the previous drive going into that that got them the go ahead touchdown for you know 34 short-lived seconds and that was Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs has been everything that the Bills have wanted him to be and needed him to be. Uh, so they got to feel good about this. Obviously the game is going to suck and leave a horrible taste in any Bills fan, Bills player, Bills member of the organization. It is what it is. You take your L, you move on. Bill still, Bill still put up a competitive game. So as a Bills fan, I can't be, you know, that's right. That's where I have to be. My turn. Go ahead. Okay. So I only want to make two points about this game. One of them being that Josh Allen should have had double the interceptions that he ended up throwing. Patrick Peterson, who got one of his two interceptions, dropped two more passes that should have been picked off. Yes, Patrick Peterson is not good at catching the ball. That's why he plays defense. Correct. Right. But that, I mean, I'd say that's more Josh Allen's fault as to giving him the opportunity to make the play as opposed to, but, but there's, there's, there's that. Okay. And then you want to talk about, and I'm not going to dig into you as, 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 as hard as you think I'm going to, but you called it the hail Mary and that, and that's wrong. It was a hail Murray. Ah, it was a Hail Murray because Kyler Murray. Murray fucking evaded fucking pressure, got out of a sack, and was able to wing that ball down into not one, not single, not double, but triple coverage yeah. on DeAndre Hopkins. Covering DeAndre was Tredavious White, mm-hmm. who is, in my opinion, he's a top five corner in the league. I'm I, he's like the tier just below top tier, in my opinion. He's like right at the top of that tier. But yes, he's very good. He's very good. He's our he's our best defensive back, sure. Yes. And then Micah Hyde. Yeah. Who's a who's fantastic safety. Fant absolutely fantastic yeah. safety. Yeah. And I don't know the third person. I don't know his name. I think it was was it no, I can't remember who it was. Um I think it might I don't have been care. Poyer. It might have been Poyer. There's a reason why I texted you asking you after that game if I needed to come and remove the firearms from your house. Yeah. Because as you pointed out, 
so eloquently earlier today at work when I brought this point up and you had to get snarky and go, oh, I don't know what would be worse, giving up a last second touchdown in the regular season or blowing a 10-digit lead in the fucking fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. It's not exactly what I said, but sure. Let's... You said you said double digit. Okay. I, I definitely okay. talked about the – yeah, yes. To be clear, the comment was it was it was a horrible way to lose. It was terrible. The only thing that could be worse would be to, and then I mentioned maybe the comment about the Niners. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't see I was, the 49ers give up seventy five yards in thirty snarking. seconds. I was snarking at hard, sure. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. And it was against the Chiefs and not the Arizona Cardinals. But neither here nor there. Okay. Okay. I felt the sting of that loss for you. My jaw damn near hit the fucking ground when I saw DeAndre come down with that. And this is one of the – there's nothing he could have done. There's nothing anyone could have done. It's DeAndre. Yeah. It was – the. you can't get mad at the defenders because they did what they had – it was as contested as it could have been. Well, I don't know. He came down with the ball. He came down with the ball. But at the end of the day, he was – There were six hands – there were six hands, to two. and it went to the tallest guy with the best hops, right? He so, had he had an inch. He had an inch on the tall on, on the. Did had, you see that he caught it by about an inch? It was an amazing catch. Like he caught it by about an inch. Those hands were all over the football. I understand why you're looking for a scapegoat as to not be super upset about this. Okay, I was making the same cases last year, last February. Okay, I get it. That's an ugly way to win, bro. Or I'm sorry, an ugly way to lose. Yeah, it was it was awful. It was awful. All right. We got C's. Let's move on. Fuck this game. Okay. Seahawks and the Rams. Uh an- another one where uh we, we whiffed here. Uh we picked the Seahawks to win. They were two point underdogs, which surprised us very much. And apparently there was a reason why. Apparently, Vegas do something we did not, because the Rams beat the Seahawks and the you know, this they looked like the better team throughout the game, which I'm not sure that they are, but they definitely gave us that impression throughout this game. So we, we spent enough time in the first segment talking about the Seahawks, but we didn't talk about the Rams at all. Yeah. yeah. Here's my take. How can you be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL with – a very deep wide receiving core, a deep, you know, you're pretty deep at running back. You've got, you know, a couple good tight end options. You got a good O line and you're playing against the one of the on pace to be the historical historical worst pass defense in the NFL. Correct. And you come down with no passing touchdowns. I don't look, I get what you're saying. But Jared Goff had 27 for 37 for 302 yards. I'm well right? aware what his yardage was, okay? Because I started him in fucking fantasy, okay? They scored three touchdowns on the day, and all three were on the fucking ground. But that's not a Josh – or sorry, a Jared Goff issue. That As much as like a Sean McVay calling those plays, he wanted to run it in. That's what he wanted to do against this defense. I don't know why. But that was that's what he wanted, and it worked. So yeah, well, Sean McVay's a cunt. I mean, yes, but <clears throat> it's like 
I, I didn't see Jared Goff making horrible misses into the end zone. It no, was, yeah. no, no, no. He had a, a stellar game outside of the big goose egg in the touchdown yeah. department. Yeah, which, which really wasn't his fault. I mean, he could have Peyton Manning that shit up, you know. Oh, he did have a fumble loss, too. There was he also did. that. He did. Um, yeah, his five carries for uh, four yards. He, he should not be rushing the ball. Um. So yeah, you talked about we talked about uh, Russell Wilson uh, in the first segment, and this game was obviously the worst game he had uh, in this season. Now you said something that I disagree with at work today, which is that Russell Wilson played himself out of the MVP conversation. I don't see how you have an argument for it, but okay. Well, okay. So who who is who overtook him? So are we are we? Uh, give me the number. Of people we're throwing in, like give me a number of people to throw in. Like, is it top three? Is it top five? I mean, he's got to be top five, right? I don't know. Does he? Hold on. Um. So let's go ahead and look at the NFL MVP odds currently in Vegas. Mahomes has got to be. Mahomes is one. After this week. This is updated. This was updated as of today. I'm at, I'm on the Vegas Insider website. Russell Wilson is still number one. Okay, you're looking at the betting lines. The betting absolutely. lines have absolutely no implication as to who's voting for who. Russell Wilson has thrown up three complete stinkers in consecutive weeks. That's fine, but he got enough buzz going. Enough buzz going. And you know what? The stinker he threw up last week was still statistically good. So people who only look at the box scores, they're not going to know any better. The, you know, No, the Vegas line does not determine who wins it, but it, it, it does give you an inclination. It does give you an idea of where the general consensus is currently, right? And then you look at who's behind Russell Wilson, right? Patrick Mahomes, all right? That's probably who is his real threat to uh, who's – the real 27 to touchdowns to one interception. Yeah, sure. Patrick Mahomes should be number one. And then you got Aaron Rodgers, right? And those are the only three guys with within triple-digit odds. Everyone else is quadruple digits. Josh Allen is next on that list and followed by Kyler Murray. You want right. to talk about you want to talk about how bad the Seattle pass offense is, or defense is? Russell Wilson is tied for second no, I, I with the most. No, hold on. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Not Russell Wilson. Russ, again, like I just said, shut the fuck up. Russell Wilson is tied in for second in the NFL in turnovers. Carson Wentz is the only one that out that has him beat out. Okay. Guess who? He's, guess who? Guess who? He's t- guess who he's tied with? Guess who he's tied with? uh it's daniel fucking jones okay daniel, daniel jones it's daniel jones All i right. would put mahomes above him i would put i would at this point i would put aaron Rodgers above him brady is playing his way into that fucking conversation oh stop stop it no stop oh, it what do you mean what do you mean stop it no tom Brady. no what do you mean tom brady has it? a team man tom brady has a t- look Right now, 
Tom Brady is such a long shot by the Vegas odds. It's not even. You're looking no. at the betting yes, odds. Because you know what? These are typically a lot more consistent with the final actual standings in the MVP race. These are incredibly okay. accurate. Okay. Well, th- your incredible accuracy has your, the number one right now, mm-hmm. the number one favorite mm-hmm. to win it is mm-hmm. tied for second most in turnovers. Okay. Sure. And it's thrown up horrible games when you're comparing them to the first five weeks. I, 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 what do you even do? You're looking at betting odds. Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. You're not looking at stats. Correct. Which stats yeah. and wins are what most people who vote for the MVP look at. Mm, no one nope, gives a shit about the betting. The betting odds. The betting odds tells you where the people are thinking. It tells you the, those guys who vote on MVP. It tells you what they're thinking. And I've. This betting odds are always close. They're, they're not always spot on, but they're always close. And it gives you a sense of where the media consists, the voting media, the ones that have a say in this are thinking. Okay. And right now it's between Wilson, Mahomes and Rogers. All the other guys are way too far long shots to, to be serious contenders between Russell Wilson, Mahomes and Rogers. Now I agree with you that Mahomes should be, the MVP and based then Rogers. on what I've seen so far. Okay. I agree with you on Mahomes. Rogers, sure, you could throw his name in there. He has led an amazing campaign for the for the Packers after everyone kind of, you know, was talking about the 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 coming of the next quarterback in Green Bay. He was and the horrible draft that Green Bay had. Sure, I'll go ahead and throw Rogers in there. And then Wilson. But the fact is to say he's played himself out of the MVP race is simply not true because he's still very much in the race, whether or not you think he deserves it or not. He is very much in the race. Okay. All right, man, whatever. You're looking at the fucking betting odds. You're not. Okay. And you can, you can sit there and say, well, the Vegas betting odds or what No, whatever. Okay. And there's another person who I'd be throwing into this fucking race as well. Mm. Ben Roethlisberger. Absolutely. He may be. Okay. Sure. But he's not going to get it. Twenty-two touchdowns to four interceptions. Sure, but he's not going to get it. I can. T- I, I would bet all my money. He's the Ben Roethlisberger isn't even going to finish in the top three. Okay. I'll make a side bet with you right now. He will not finish in the top three. No, because we're getting way the fuck off track right now. We need to get the fuck back to what we're doing because. Fine, fine, fine. So you're 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 fucking so wrong, but okay. <laughs> well, you're hey, we'll, so we'll find wrong. out. We'll find out. We'll find so out. Wrong. Russell Wilson is not number one. There's no fuck, and I don't give a fuck if he's number one in the betting odds. I don't give a shit. Okay, okay. you seen okay. me fucking make bets the last couple of weeks, and I fucking lost. Okay, okay. Just like a lot of people who are thinking that Russell Wilson's last string of games isn't going to affect his MVP fucking numbers. Okie dokie. Then say it's not going to affect it. I had said he's not out of the race. Well, he's, he did not play himself out of the MVP. He didn't. He's still let him have, much let him have one more fucking bad game. Let him have one more bad game. Okay. He's out. And who does Seattle have coming up? They have. Oh, it's going to be some dink and dunk. Who do they have? They have Arizona on Thursday night. Wow. Well, yeah, he'll put up big numbers there. 
No loss. Maybe. Maybe. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We're gonna they talk just about lost this game. to him. We're going to talk about this game, actually, uh, here in the final segment. So we'll, we'll save that for the final segment. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about your team, the Niners and the Saints. We both picked the Saints to win and to cover. You persuaded me on that, so thank you, because you ended up being correct. And they they absolutely did. I'm not sure why anybody's not betting the over on anybody who's playing the 49ers. Um, yeah, they're horrible. And guess what? It's another week, and more of 40, 49er backups got fucking hurt and put on the IR. I, this season's over. They need to stop trying to fucking win. Okay. Anything else you want to say about that? No, on to the next. Let's go. We, oh, we got okay. it's, nothing it's, to say about the, but nothing about the Saints. I mean, no. Wow. No. No, they beat up a really bad team, and it took them until the fourth quarter to put them away. No, talking about the Niners at this point is like talking about the goddamn Jets. Just get the obvious out of the way and move on. Okay. So uh, we both got A's for that one. Uh, Bengals Steelers is the next game. We already talked about this game in the first segment as well, um, and. Uh, the Pittsburgh was a seven and a half point favorite. They won by a lot more than that. We can move on Ravens and the Patriots. Again, another game we talked about in the first segment, the Ravens uh, were upset by the Patriots. They were seven point favorites. They did not cover it. Obviously they did not win. Uh, we both t- took them to cover. We got F's. So that concludes the segment. All we got left to talk about now for the rest of the podcast is our upset picks of the week. We'll see how they fared as well as a preview of the Thursday night matchup between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. So stick around, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. It is now time to take a look at our upset picks of the week, give you guys our final report card grades, and look at uh, the Thursday night game and give you guys predictions of who will win between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Um, I have a feeling that you are going to use this as your upset pick of the week. No. We'll see. Well, I don't know. Huh? It's tempting, right? I don't know. It's tempting. I, I, I haven't taken my full deep dive into the week's games. Okay. Mm. So. Oh. Whoa. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking right now. It's tempting, right? Let's. Uh, so while you look at that, I'm going to talk about the Vikings and the Bears now. I was not allowed to take the the Texans and the Browns, which actually ended up working out in my favor. But uh, Vikings and the Bears, really? Uh, well, yes, because I got an A, so it did. So oh, I mean, but I got a C. So you even did. on an upset pick, I got a C. So it's not horrible. Yeah, it's not horrible. Um, I took the Bears to upset. I mean, they, yeah, they were close. I suppose I don't know. Um, they didn't. They didn't win. Line was Minnesota favored by three. I think Minnesota won by six. What so, the fuck was that? Yeah. It was close. It was close, to, but they didn't. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's what it is. It's uh, it wasn't a game. Look, if they had one, I couldn't have come out and been like, "Oh yeah, it's totally the team I predicted," because it was a team I kind of took by. But not seeing any others, even though now that you look at how the games played out, there was plenty of other teams I could have picked as upset picks. But uh, oh well. Um, no, this is this this was a horrible game to game. watch. 
And for Kirk Cousins in his 10th appearance on Monday Night Football to get his first win, if he's proud of this one, Mm-mm. you shouldn't be, bud, because this was fucking hideous. Yeah, it was bad. But, I mean, the more glaring stats go to, like, like Chicago's defense played well. Yeah. For pretty much the entire game. Like, they Look, th- this game was tied going into the fourth quarter. They had – as good a shot of it as anyone. And the Bears did what they always do, which is they're going to make the game so ugly, they're going to give themselves a chance. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 30 carries, but only turned that into 96 yards. Like, you think Dalvin Cook's getting the ball 30 times a game. We saw the last two games. He's turned it into over 200 scrimmage yards Mm -hmm. and multiple touchdowns. Mm -hmm. They kept Dalvin Cook out of the end zone. They did. Um, Now, Thielen had... Both of Kirk Cousins' passing touchdowns, Nick Foles. I, dude, I guess what, man? It's time to like we 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 talked about it. Not having any faith, fantasy wise, in the Chicago offense. Yeah, outside of Allen Robinson. Yeah, even then, uh, it's time to give up hope on Allen Robinson. I think yeah. this quarterback proof thing is finally over. Correct. And it's be it's not so much quarterback proof. It's the fact that. Their offensive scheme is a lot of screen, and they don't go down the field a lot. Yeah. And Allen Robinson has one red zone target over the last four games, it, and he yeah, turned that and, and he turned that one red zone target into a touchdown. So it's 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 mind boggling because Allen Robinson should be an easy top eight, top nine receiver in fantasy, but he's not because of the lack of it's the lack of creativity from the Chicago. You know, the offensive quarter, Matt Nagy was calling the plays up until last night. They turned it over to the OC and he didn't do anything different. Mm-hmm. It looked just as meandering and just, just so bland. It's just, it's just, it's just, of course you're getting stopped by a bad Minnesota defense. And and when it's not bland, they do the most complex schemes to get three yards. You know what I mean? It's just, ugh, ugh I, I can't, I can't stand watching the bears. Like the amount of times Period. I watched them going into the wildcat with Cordero Pat- Patterson, like it hasn't worked the first three times. Why are you trying it a fourth? They know exactly. It's just like yeah. when the saints line Taysom Hill up at quarterback, he's running the ball. Like, you know what's happening. Send everybody. Right. Except the Saints actually produce usually positive results. The Bears are getting nothing out of that. And, you know, one, one thing that we were wrong about in this one uh, is that Justin Jefferson, and we, we talked about how we didn't think that Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen could both be yeah um, great. Oh, my apologies. Uh, could both be great re- receiving options. Mm-hmm. One of them would break out. One of them would have a, a slow game. It, look, Justin Jefferson balled out, eight catches, 135 yards. Adam Thielen, only four for 43, but he did snag those two touchdowns, making yep. him very, very uh, fantasy relevant. Yep, those were those were huge. Um, but yeah, I, look, uh, Bears the they've lost I think four in a row, right? They were five and one at one point, the worst five yeah. and one team. We I think we remember having that conversation. Yep, uh, they're now five here. and five. We, we were correct about two, that. They were the three. worst five and one team. Or, yeah, their last win came against the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. Now they're, they're and it's not going to get any easier because they right. face the Packers in Lambeau on Sunday Night Football. Hey, yeah, we got to see Tyler Bray come out in this one. 
uh, as the backup to the backup quarterback. And he put on a show, uh, completing an 18 yard pass out of five, five, five attempts. <laughs> oh my goodness. The, they like, they need to change quarterbacks, change coaches, everything. They, they need they have changed quarterbacks they have been they're pissing sure, away okay they need a change to a good quarterback chicago has pissed away their super bowl window yes with with that defense and the offensive pieces they have yes they should be super bowl contenders at least for the last two years but they're not because their quarterback play is so bad their their play calling is horrible it's very bland it's 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 it, it's it's very boring like, you know, I will say the pieces on offense are a bit lackluster. Aside from Allen Robson, they really don't have any other true threats. Um, unless you consider a quarter old Patterson when in the return game. Um, but quarter old Patterson has been able to do enough. Sure, but like I, you, you don't need with that elite defense. You just need capable pieces on offense. They, I would say David Montgomery is a capable running back. Yes. Allen Robinson is a clear-cut number one. Cordell Patterson and Anthony Miller are capable twos and threes. I think the jury's still out on Anthony Miller, but, I mean, yeah, Cordell Patterson is, is a unique piece in that he's a true uh, combo between running back and, and receiver. Um, that, that gives you something, but uh. – I, also, I, said, I forgot about their tight ends too. They have decent tight ends between Jimmy Graham and Cole Met. Like, yeah. like Cole yeah. is just a rookie, but he, he he should be a good. He should he should be doing a lot better than he is, and it's because this it's the quarterback play. The quarterback play and these offensive schemes are just trash. You you look at this team with what they have on offense Ugh. and how elite they are on defense. They should they should be taking the NFC North with ease. But or at and, least competing with the Packers for it, and but they're not. So no, yeah, they're, they're gonna they are gonna fall. I Minnesota. I I get Minnesota is gonna jump them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I honestly think the Lions have a shot of jumping them. I don't. But I don't think they. I don't know if they will, but they have a shot. Um. All right. So that being said, that was a horrible game to watch. Let's go ahead and look at the other game. Uh, that was our upset pick, and you had picked the Texans to upset the Cleveland Browns. It was close. Browns won by three. The line was three and a half points. I actually got the A because I took the Browns at under in this one. Yes, you did. Um, you took the Texans to upset, but they did at least cover the line, so you still uh, salvaged the C. This was the most boring game to watch. I thought the last game was the most boring game to watch. No. no. It was a, I said it was a boring game. This game was horrendous yeah deshaun watson did not do uh what we thought we thought it we was, was gonna have a big game it was three nothing going into the fourth quarter yeah this was so horrendously right. bad it was 7 i think final score correct 10 yes, seven. yeah this was and this was a game another game that was affected by high winds mm-hmm. got it got it i also don't care i don't Outside of, unless unless the only exception I made in in this in this example was Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's a rookie, and Joe Burrow was playing the Steelers. Baker Mayfield accounted for 132 passing yards. Nick Chubb, it, 
I hate, I, I fucking hate that Kareem Hunt looks so great when Nick Chubb yeah. is the one running in front of him. Dude, it's, it's, it's my, both of them were over 100, 100 yards rushing. Yeah. Kareem Hunt didn't have 100 yards rushing in the four games Nick Chubb missed. Yep. They also did not have a rushing touchdown through those four games. Nick Chubb had a rushing touchdown and skirted out at the one just to kill the clock. Which okay, like you got to give him credit for that. Like uh, super, it's a super intelligent fucking intelligent and and team and team and like team like they were up by three. If he had scored a touchdown, they would have been up by nine with plus the extra point ten. He still it still would have been a two possession game with not enough time for for Houston to mount any kind of like realistic shot of a comeback, and he still played it safe. And said, I'm not going to Todd Gurley this one. I'm going to go ahead and just go down. And that was, look, these guys rely on their stats to be able to negotiate a come contract time. He took one for the team. So that's off to Nick Chubb. So for when you, when you brought up the Carson Wentz meme, right? I saw a meme today about that, that play. And it's, it's, it's a, it's got two pictures on it. One on top is Nick Chubb just running down the field. And then the one on bottom, the picture on the bottom is Nick Chubb cutting out at the one yard line. And in the middle, it says, stop the count, stop, stop the voter count for the election. And he just Ah. dips out at the one. I thought it was funny. You're a cunt. I, I I smiled. I thought it was. Yeah, cute. You smiled, but it's cute. a podcast. Nobody saw. I, I you didn't smile. see. And you, you gave. It, I didn't, you I gave didn't it see a, the. Uh, I didn't see the political twist coming there in that one. So well, 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 well played. Well played. Did I not laugh hard enough for you? I'm sorry. You're just not fun to do this with anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am sorry. All right, so you got uh, you got the C, I got the A, which brings us to our final report card. And anyone who's been keeping track and is good at math in their head should know that Tyler pulled this one out. Well done. Uh, you have pulled out a commanding uh, lead here. It's uh, I think you're you're up four, one, and two. We've uh, you've won four, yep. lost one, and, and tied two. We've tied twice. Yep. Yes. So uh, well done, Bravo. I finished with a one point seven. I think that's my lowest GPA so far to date. Um, if not, it's among the lowest. Uh, neither GPAs we were, were proud of, but hey, you are more proud of yours than I am of mine. So well done. Uh, let's go ahead and look at this upcoming game between Seattle and Arizona. Seattle favored by three. I'll let you take first dibs. Do you want to make this your upset? This is a juicy juicy one to look at so yeah that, that's no be the I, this pick. is this is not my upset pick nope so you're taking seattle i don't want to because i truly believe arizona is going to win this game i mean i can pick arizona and not have it been my upset pick you can you can and <laughs> No, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Seattle in this game. I think playing at home, even though you know in most cases that really doesn't mean much this season. Russell Wilson, three bad games, a demoralizing loss against the Rams. The Cardinals coming on coming in on a high. 
off that last second Hail Murray. Give me Seattle to right the ship to win and cover. Interesting. Interesting. So if you're not going to take this as the upset pick of the week, I will. Okay. Because There's a Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Lockett has not practiced yet this week and is dealing with a mild knee sprain. There is a very good chance that within two days he will not be playing. And yes, Tyler Lockett has not been the same level of uh, receiving threat that DK Metcalf has been. But part of the reason why DK Metcalf is having as much success as he has is because he has a true number two receiver playing next to him in Tyler Lockett. And that does make defenses have to play him a lot more honestly. You've seen when defenses cheat too much on DK Metcalf, the damage Tyler Lockett can do on the games where he goes off. That's going to be big for a Seattle team that's already struggling against a Cardinals team that is playing. I mean, they just had the play of the season for them, and they're riding that 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 high. I feel like this is as good of an opportunity as any for Arizona to come in and make that statement game that, hey, they are contenders for the NFC West. Sure. I will I I see your point. I would love to take this as my upset. But Arizona, while playing like contenders, has also been prone to have games that they should win where Kyler Murray coughs it up a couple, one too many times, or and uh, under plays. I'm essentially looking at this game much like I did two weeks ago. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray just got the – he got the biggest win in his career. I could see that slowing I, – I could see that that crown on his head being a little too heavy, and especially when you're looking at Arizona right now. They're, they're first in the division. Mm-hmm. I mean, goddamn, Arizona, the Rams, and Seattle are all at six and three. Technically, Seattle is in third place. They, If the season ended right now, Seattle would not make the playoffs. Correct. That's crazy. Uh, I, I, And I understand the, 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 my, the counter argument that could be made of how Russell Wilson's played himself out of the MVP race up to this point, and I stand by that. I just think I, – I think <clears throat> Seattle – I'm, I'm, I'm banking on Seattle getting it right after a couple, three down weeks, mm-hmm. as opposed to Arizona, who we, we've seen come off of highs and really struggled. True. That's, that's, this is very true. Um, I, I will say this. You know, we, we might disagree on the outcome, but we can both agree that this is not a game I would come anywhere near betting with my money. Like oh, I would no, because this really no. could go. I really do this. See, see, this is be a bit of a coin flip here. Um, it could go either way. Three point line in favor of Seattle is, I think, a very fair line. Um, they're at home. They should have a slight edge. Um, I'm feeling the Cardinals this week. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, you know, I'm I'm a bitter Bills fan, and I want to say that I lost to a, a, a great team. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, I'm taking I'm I'm taking. I'm taking the cards. We'll see. Okay. 
So, fancy stud, fancy dud. Oof. Give me as the dud. Give me Christian Kirk. Really? Give me Christian Kirk in that one. Really? I think all this last game did was put even more faith between in Kyler Murray for uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think Christian Kirk's going to suffer a little bit of that. I think there's going to be plenty of pass uh, targets and yards to go around against the Seattle defense that Hopkins can get his share and, and Kirk can get his share. Uh, fantasy stud. And this is barring on if he plays. He was limited in practice. He's missed multiple weeks. If he plays, give me Chris Carson as the fantasy stud. Okay. My fantasy stud is going to be the number one receiver on both teams. DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf. They're both going to have huge games. Fantasy studs. What? What do you mean? That's not a hard take to make. Of course what, they're going to be. I don't. I don't need to be a hard take. It's. I'm telling you who's going to be the stud. There's so many to choose. I could say the quarterbacks, and you you could have the same reaction because both quarterbacks should have big games in this one too. All right. The harder part is figuring figuring out who's going to be the fantasy dud. I respect the fact that you pick Christian Kirk. I don't agree with it, but I respect the fact that you pick someone who's a receiver playing against a horrible team. Okay, that's something. But my fantasy dud is going to be Kenyon Drake. I mean, in theory, he has a, a decent match matchup against a uh, a bad Seahawks defense. But I see the Cardinals getting too tempted to, to go past heavy in this one against that Seattle defense. And I think they're going to uh, favor the pass over the run. And Kyler Murray is going to get, if the, when they do run, Kyler Murray is going to get a lot of the temps. And Chase Edmonds is going to eat into uh, the touches again, as we usually see. So uh, give me Kenyon Drake as a fantasy, fantasy dud. Plus, he had a decent game last week, which means he's going to have a horrible game this week. So, Anything you want to add? No. I would have <laughs> loved to take DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins as my fantasy studs. Then do. I'm trying, to, still- I'm trying to, no, I'm trying to dig a little deeper than the fucking obvious. Okay. I, I, whatever, man. This is this has been fun. <laughs> I, I I don't know what you want from me anymore. All not, right. We've, we've made it. Th- we've made it. Not even through half a season. And Jesus, age fuck. Uh, we. Who knows? Maybe 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 it will improve when I move in the spring. True. True. Maybe I don't have to see you every day. Maybe. Yeah. Well, well, that wraps this one up. Um, everyone, follow us on Twitter at Unsport Comment again at Unsport Comment. Um, thank you for listening. From Tyler and DC, everyone have a great night.